to show you something here. I have my little thing here. Let's see if this works. It does. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. I'm going to be sharing this morning from God's Word about dealing with transitions because we all deal with transitions all the time. <laughs> okay? And as I was looking at God's Word and thinking about our own lives personally, as I share with you this morning a little bit our family, what we're learning and God's teaching us, I pray that as we look at God's Word also together, that, we'll, that maybe something out of this also will touch your hearts as well as you're dealing with transitions. Because we just dealt with a major transition this past year. We are dealing with what's called reverse culture shock. Have you ever heard of reverse culture shock? It's where you, now on the backside, you're coming back to your home country that you forgot how to live there since you've been living somewhere else for 10 years, okay? And uh, so we're dealing with those kind of transitions as a missionary is coming back to live in our home country. And also all the sorts of other transitions. And, um, and I want, hopefully as we look at these transitions and look at God's word together, that it, there might be some application for each one of us today. Here's our family, okay? And... Um, this was taken in the picture last year. Rick and Renee and Hannah were there at Trails End Ranch over in Ekalaka. And my oldest daughter was getting married. Okay, right here's Mandy to a young man that he, she met at camp at Trails End Ranch. And so we did the wedding there last year. Uh, Bob Anderson, uh, Brooke's dad, married Judy and I 27 years ago, Judy. Oh, did I do good? Okay. <laughs> 27 years ago, and, um, and he did our wedding. And so then we, and since Mandy and Aaron, her new husband, met at Trails End, we thought it was appropriate to do the wedding there. Bob Anderson assisted, and I also did the wedding there as well. So it was a lot of fun last year. Last summer we did that. And, um, and so now they're expecting their first baby, and uh, they are in transition. And we were actually, our whole family, um, some of you will understand this if you're our age or older. You know how precious it is when you get your whole family actually back together again, okay? It's so difficult, okay? And as we were back this, this summer, just a couple months ago, we realized all of us were going through transition, different ones, okay? Mandy and Aaron, they're having a baby. My son, Luke, is a senior down at Grace University in Omaha in intercultural studies, and uh, he's dating for the first time in his life. I think we're going to have a wedding next summer. But anyway, um, and then my other daughter, Samantha, Samantha actually went to college for the first time, so she's a freshman, so I have her transition of living on her own, and she's loving life on her own at Grace University as a freshman. And then my other daughter, Katya, when we moved here a year ago, She's adopted from Ukraine. It's her transition to living in America for the first time. She's never lived in America before, and she's now 16. And so, and then for us, as coming back in transition, and all of a sudden, we came back to work with our mission, Youth Ministry International, who we'd worked with for many years, and then all of a sudden, God led us to a new mission. So we actually, a month ago, changed missions, and now are working with Youth for Christ. So all sorts of transitions in our family. We were at a little camp out together and realized, man, Lord, how do we deal with all these transitions? And you are too. I, I mean, if we went around this room right now, I could ask you, and you all probably are dealing with some kind of transition in your life. And there's so many different kinds. One of them is a family transition, all right? As we go through families, when we say goodbye to our children, as, a, as parents, 
Nobody told us as parents that that would be the hardest time of your lives when you're saying goodbye to your children, okay, when they're leaving home. I don't know if it, any of you have faced the field that way like us, but Judy and I certainly are as we send our third child away, and now we only have one child left, and it's, oh well, it's different, isn't it? Um, you young parents, you don't know anything about this, but you will. You will someday, okay? But think of Hannah, Hannah in Scripture. Think of the kind of transition she dealt with, okay? Here, Samuel is being weaned, okay? This is not freshman in college, right? This is a three- or four-year-old probably or something like that because I'm guessing that they weaned him as late as they could in her time period, all right? Hannah has promised to God that she will give back, back the child to the Lord, Samuel. Can you imagine what Hannah felt like after praying so long for that child and now she's giving this child away back to the priest? And what does it say in Scripture that she did? Her first act was to praise God. 2 Samuel chapter 2. And if you can look at there sometime, you can look at it when you go home. But I'm going to show you one verse up here. It says, oh, it's a whole praise and prayer of Hannah. I am sure that the Jewish people... These ten verses that are in 2 Samuel 2, the first ten verses, were, uh, was like song. It was Hannah's song that, she, that they remembered and that they, it's recorded in Scripture and that they prayed. And they sang it, okay, later on. But one thing that she says that notice to me in verse 8, she says, He raises up the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and inherit a seat of honor. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and on them he has set the world. Hannah praises God in the midst of her transition. What I think this is a principle for us to remember. Whatever family transitions you're going through, praise God. Praise God in the midst of them. Because when we praise God, we're actually submitting to God, aren't we? We're declaring God's worth. We're saying, God, you are worthy you are great, and in fact, I trust you because I know of your worthiness and greatness, so ultimately I praise you in the midst of something that I don't understand. Okay? And I'm feeling this change in my life. There's a change. There's a family change going on. Huge one for Hannah. She loved this child. She loved Samuel. I'm sure she did, completely, 100%, like any of us would. Can you imagine taking your three- or four-year-old and saying to this priest who ends up not being such a great father figure, by the way, <laughs> giving this priest, you know, this child and saying, now this child is yours, okay? In the midst of that, Hannah praises God because of her thankful heart and because I think of her own submission to him and trust ultimately in the future for Samuel's life and for her life. So when we're going through family transitions like I recently did with my freshman daughter, Sam, uh, Sammy, Samantha, oh, huh. I just realized that. Samuel, Sammy. Oh, anyway. Um, and Sammy, when we were letting Sam go to college, this was just a couple months ago in the picture, Sammy and I have a special bond together. We love coffee, <laughs> okay? My freshman daughter, she loves coffee. In fact, the first day at college, when she had, she had to have her coffee maker right there in her college room, and she was inviting girls in the, in the hallway, and she was making coffee for them. You want some coffee? I got some creamer here. I got everything. And she's making coffee for them. Well, I had to have a special time with Sammy. So we took her to a coffee shop in Omaha, and we opened a book with, together that I found, um, you know, Stephen Curtis Chapman's song, what's that called, Cinderella? 
I don't know if you've heard, if, if, you're, if you're sending a child away to college, don't listen to that song, okay? <laughs> All, right. All right, and that song about dancing with your daughter and preparing, oh, it's just terrible. But anyway, <laughs> so... So here, here um, I'm preparing all these young marrieds here that are in the church. I love seeing that, by the way. But anyway, as we we're reading the, song, the book Cinderella there, written by Stephen Curtis Chapman and the song and everything, and we're having coffee together, and I'm recognizing that, you know, in the midst of this family transition and this change, ultimately, it's good. God is good. This change is good. And we need to recognize that and praise the Lord in the midst of these situations together. Well, there's other transitions that we have in life, too. We have other transitions, and one of those areas is work transitions, that we change our job or we change, you know, what, what God is, we feel like God has called us to do. And you know what? And I think of work transitions, and I go back to Scripture. I, I, I always think of Joshua, all right? Joshua is one of my favorite characters in Scripture and also of this time period because Moses is handing over leadership to him and he does it gradually even before Moses comes along, right? I mean, I'm sorry, before jo the actual event of changing it over to Joshua, uh, the leadership to Joshua, everybody knows it. The whole Israelites, they know it. Joshua is going to be the next leader, okay? And then Moses dies, and what is the first thing, as I looked at Scripture, what Joshua does? I want to show it to you here. The, sort of the first thing that does, that Joshua says to all the people, Moses is dead. In Joshua 1, verse 13, he says, Remember the word that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God is providing you a place of rest and will give you this land. What I believe that Joshua is doing here is he's reminding the people the promises of God. He's holding on to those promises. I think that also when we're in a transition time, like Joshua's in a work transition time here, okay? He's becoming the leader of all of Israel. And he reminds the people the promises of God because ultimately in transition, we must trust God. We must remember his promises. God's taking care of us. This change that's happening in your lives, there's a reason for it, all right? we sort of felt that when we came back to the States. We had done the transition in Ukraine. You saw at the end of the video, I hope you caught that a little bit, that after 10 years of training up youth ministers and, and training up them, we actually gave the ministry over to the Ukrainians. And that was the goal, that the Ukrainian youth pastors, trained youth pastors, would be training their own youth pastors. All right? I needed to eventually leave. It's called an exit strategy. And as we give over the ministry to them, we pass the baton on to a young man named Vasya. He's a great youth ministry trainer now, and he's doing it well. And so we left Ukraine to begin our new ministry, which was working out of the home office and in our mission and everything. It turned out, excuse me, before I show you that, not to be a good situation. I was behind the desk, and that just wasn't what God had called me to do in training up youth leaders and youth ministers. So we prayed about it, but God, we'd already moved to a new Kentucky. We'd never lived in Kentucky before. We had done 13 years in South Dakota of ministry before Ukraine. Kentucky was a foreign country to us, okay? And as we came to the beautiful grassy green meadows, it was great. We loved that, and we had a house that God had provided for us. And then all of a sudden, this huge work transition, 12 years with one mission, and God saying, no, this is not what I want you to do. It was obvious to us, we want you now to work in, with Youth for Christ. Okay, ultimately that's, I mean, I'm sh making a long story this, this short, okay. 
how, God, what are we going to do in this transition? How, is this really what you want us to do? Well, he, he really, we held on to his promises that God knew what he was doing, just like Joshua. And actually now, we get to work in international ministry in Louisville and also overseas. You wouldn't believe it. There are thousands of refugees in the city of Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville has over a million people. It's a pretty good-sized city. And there are 80,000 refugees that are living in Louisville. 80,000 from over 60 different countries. And they're from the U.S. government through Catholic charities and different groups that have brought them into Louisville. And also, there's Nepalese, there's Sudanese. And here, Judy is right now here. She's actually teaching English with an ESL ministry that Youth for Christ has that we're now working with and helping build. And it's Amina. And Amina's from what country? Rohingya. Rohingya is an island in Malaysia. That's right. And so uh, Amina's there. She's now doing ESL with her. Uh, Youth for Christ is doing ESL ministry. We've started now a youth club for refugee kids. Last week, last uh, Thursday, uh, we had 30 refugee teenagers that were there from Nepal, from Sudan. Uh, Judy, you had three boys from Thailand, right? From Thailand. God is bringing the, you know, the world to our door here in America. We get to work with that international youth ministry. And as we transition from that work of new ministry, we recognize we have to rest on the promises of God. Like Joshua did, we also must change in that work. And if you're in a work transition, if God is in that transition, trust in the promises of God, just like Joshua told the Israelites, remember what he told Moses. Okay? There's another kind of transition, the last one, because sermons always have to have three points. So anyway, the other one <laughs> is a location transition, all right? A location transition. And this is my favorite, the maybe to think about, because I think of Daniel. Who else had a more larger transition of location? I mean, it was war. He was, he was, his, his country was conquered, and Nebuchadnezzar took Daniel and all of his friends and different ones. They thankfully didn't get killed in the, in the situation, but they got taken and forcibly moved to Babylon, and it's a total location transition. Some of you are going through that, I've heard in the, in the, in the congregation here. We did a major location transition, moving from, the US, from Ukraine back to the U.S., and you know what I see in Daniel? I see in Daniel that in that transition, what did he do that was special to him? He says here in Daniel 1, verse 8a, Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. And the result is, and the king communed with them, and among them all the found none, like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah. Therefore they stood before the king. The king gave him a great position, and I think it all comes back to this point that Daniel purposed in his heart to follow God, to make him known. He obeyed God. He chose not to defile himself in the midst of huge transitions. And he's a teenager, okay? And in the midst of that, God blessed them. In our ministry, if you would pray for us, if you think of us and you pray for us, please pray for us as we also face this location transition. We're, our ministry is focused now on three different areas. We have our refugee ministry that I just shared in Louisville. God's called us to work for Youth for Christ in developing a, a ministry. Nobody was reaching the teenagers in the refugees with Youth for Christ, and so we're reaching out to them in many different ways. Here we're also going to work in the city of Louisville. You can't see that very well, 
but um, these are, this is a map of Louisville, and there's all sorts of blue dots. I don't know if you can see these light blue dots over here. Those are uh, white European people, <laughs> okay, that are in Louisville. And then the colored ones are the refugees and from people from different colors and different backgrounds and all over Louisville as well. So we're going to help train up youth pastors and youth workers through Youth for Christ into reaching this group. And then also our third part of our international ministry is that God's allowing us to also continue working with our old mission and going to different countries and training youth pastors around the world. Next April, I get to go to China and go to work in training youth pastors in China. And in May, I get to go back to Ukraine and work in training them as well. So that's our youth ministry. We're calling it, it's actually a business term. I don't know if you've heard the term global. Global is two words combined, global and local. Because that now, ultimately, in our country, we have both global and local work that we do. And, um, and so that's what God has called us to be involved with. And we want to be just sort of like Daniel. We want to purpose in our hearts to obey and follow God and what he's called us to do. And we believe that as we think about these three different things in dealing with transitions, if you would think of them with more this morning too, when you go away, if you could just hang your hats on three different ideas this morning, that Hannah praised God in the midst of her transition. That Joshua believed in God's promises. Have you noticed they all start with P? <laughs> believed God's promises. And Daniel purposed in his heart to follow God and to obey God in the midst of it. And I think that through this transition, that the purpose remains the same, and so we must embrace the change. You know, there's always going to be changes in our lives. Our kids grow up and they leave home. God calls us into a new ministry or new work. Or God calls us into a different location. We need to trust God in the midst of this change. You know, Jesus prayed for us in the midst of these changes. It says in John 17 that Jesus prayed for his disciples. And we know that ultimately in John 17 he was also praying for us, his future disciples. And in that prayer, Jesus says these words. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They're not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. See, Jesus doesn't promise us happiness in life, but he does promise that he'll be with us and that God's power and spirit will also be with us. He doesn't say that he's going to take us out of this world. We have to live in the midst of this world, in the midst of the changes and in the midst of the transitions that all of you are facing, just like our family has. And let's choose to trust him and his promises and trust him that as Jesus prayed for us, that we keep us from the evil one and to sanctify us in God's truth. And that's my challenge as we leave you, as we sort of think about these things. Now, before you go away today, I, I'd like to ask my wife to come up, and I'd like to have her share a little bit, and just as sort of a just concluding little words, not another sermon, don't worry, but uh, just some concluding words, and just to encourage you as we also, as we think about transitions in our lives, and, and as we remember to pray for us in our ministry, we do have a little sign-up sheet on the back, it's completely uh, just a piece of paper with uh, numbers on it. If you would just put your name, email, uh, address, we'll keep in contact with you. We are under missionary support with Youth for Christ, just like we were in Ukraine. 
So we depend on the uh, support, but also especially your prayers. And we like to keep in contact with you and sharing what God's doing in training youth ministries, whether it's refugee ministry or even in other countries overseas. And so Judy's going to share just a moment here. Yep. Yeah, and you know, Mike shared with you these transitions and the and the part that you don't see is actually the the walking through them all, and and just it felt like like riding a, a raging river with twists and turns. And the biggest one, being here, you know, seeing God moving us home with our mission to the to the main office where Mike was vice president of our mission, and then realizing coming to that to that wall and the Lord just turning us into another another ministry. I remember during that time talking to my mom on the phone and just saying, you know, Mother, it's too early to say right now, but one day we're going to be able to look back on this and we're going to see how God brought us here to Louisville for this, for the refugee community in Louisville. We'd never in our, in our lives dream of this mission field that's right in, in our backyard. And so... Um, Brooke and Renee, they called me about a week and a half ago, and and I I just you know during the time of the transition I was just hanging on, but now we've gotten to a point where where life was starting to calm down a little bit, and I think all the all the changes just really caught up with me and I and I crashed, and and when Brooke and Renee called just like a week and a half ago I was just really really down, and uh, and and feeling feeling overwhelmed, just completely overwhelmed and, and, and not knowing our purpose exactly. And this ministry has only, we've only been with Youth for Christ for a month, so we're just beginning to discover this, this new ministry. I felt lost. All of a sudden, just being in a brand new area of the country in Kentucky, just seeing a mountain ahead of, of building friendships, we love our new church. God so placed us in a in a little town right outside of Louisville. We love our church. It's it's a a group of just people really dedicated to to reaching out to their community for Christ. And 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 our house is two blocks from the church. We can walk there. And so God has done some amazing things, but there's still the process of of having to go through making new friendships. All these people, they've basically grown up together. So many of them even went to high school together and things like that and have so much history together. And sometimes I look at that and I just think, oh my goodness, how long is it going to take before we really feel home again? And when Brooke and Renee called, and, and you know Renee, she's just such a compassionate soul and just so comforted my heart with her understanding and um, just really encouraged me in that. And I got off the phone from them, and I just went and spent time with the Lord. And I just said, God, you know, things really are good. You have led so clearly. Why is my heart just aching inside of me? And the Lord just whispered to my heart that this isn't the first time I've, I've felt this feeling. When we moved to Ukraine, I, I, I felt like such a fish out of water, such a round peg in a square hole. And I remember then, too, looking and thinking, my gosh, we can't even speak their language. How, are, how did we ever think we could come and do a ministry here? We can't even talk to them. <laughs> and little by little, the Lord, you know, 
faithfully took us through open doors and developed the ministry. In the last five years in Ukraine, we, we got to reap harvest of friendships and ministry, uh, you know, seeds that had grown, um, a harvest of language, being able to speak the language and communicate. And, and now the Lord has taken us to Kentucky, and that was what the Lord just gently spoke to my heart after I got off the phone from, from Renee, that, Judy, it's time to plant. And I am a rancher's daughter from South Dakota, and I, I really, I know those seasons of, of harvest and planting. And when you plant seeds, you put them under the ground, and it's dark, and, and you don't get to see any, any fruits for a while. You don't see the sprouts for a while, and that's where we're at right now in the real quiet time of, of just starting to plant new seeds. And it's a time of faith and, and trusting God for the rain. And um, I, I just thought it was so cool just to gain that perspective because it gave me a dose of patience that, you know, Lord, it's true. It, it will eventually come about. And then on Thursday, like Mike shared, we, we, we got to go to the, he's discipling a young man named Samuel who's in Nepali, 20 years old. And he just has an incredible, he was born on the river in a refugee camp. And, and God has just, gotten a hold of this young man. He has such a passion for the Lord, and he wants to start a ministry to the refugee teenagers. There's apartments all over. I mean, you, you drive down this area, people. It's like you're not even in America anymore. Women are walking around in saris. It's just, it's just really something to see. And, and Samuel has a heart to start a ministry to the teenagers here. And he just started this a month ago. And, and Mike is discipling him on, on Thursdays. They go together. Mike is helping him to put feet to his vision. And it started out pretty slow. He doesn't want a youth group. He wants it to be a time after school where kids can come just to a safe place and hang out. There's a church there called Refuge or a ministry center. It, it, there's six different nationalities of churches that meet in this building every, every week. Um, and, and he, just, uh, he, he just started this a month ago. It started out kind of slow. He wants it to be homework help, it, that, that the adult leaders that are there that will help kids with their homework if they need help, that we spend a part of the time telling them about God and sharing Christ with them, and then that they can play basketball and soccer and just hang out and, and have fun together. Well, it started out pretty slow, but this Thursday there were 30 kids from probably about... 13 years old to 18 years old. And um, Samuel, he's, in his share times, he started out with just, I love his voice, John 3.16. He started out with John 3.16. And just sharing John 3.16, feeling like that is just the center of the gospel. Everybody say it with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And there's only, probably out of the 30, there's probably three that are Christians. The rest are Buddhist, Hindu, Muslims. And, and so he's telling them who Jesus is and, and, and making it really short, really simple. Now he's starting into having the, the leaders that are there. We have some college kids from a Bible college there that are coming every week. And, and he does it on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And so um, they, they are starting into sharing their testimonies each time. And at the end, Samuel will always come back to this one, one phrase. He'll say, 
if God can change my life, if God can change Olivia's life, then God can change your life. And you can know love and joy and peace. And he's just the neatest young man. And then we have little discussion times at our tables with whichever kids are sitting at our tables. And on Thursday, I was with a group of three boys from Thailand. And that was, I see, i got to think of their names, Ela, Tawa, and Potadon. <laughs> and, and I was sitting with these three boys, and, and um, when, when, we, when, we got, uh, when I got finished just kind of going over Olivia's testimony with them, I just, I just asked them now, and I've just started to ask the, my group of kids, is there anything that's hurting your heart or causing you pain? And, and, and this, these, all three of these boys said, oh, we just want to learn English so that we can do better in school because they just struggle so much speaking the language. And um, they had been here for a couple years. And, and so I, I just was able to pray for them. One boy one time said, but I'm Muslim. And, and Mike said, well, can I pray for you? And he was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so we just prayed for them. And then afterwards, they didn't want to join the other boys that went to play soccer and, and football. They asked me if I would help them with a government assignment, and these poor boys, I was teaching them monarchy, direct democracy, and representative democracy. Those poor boys could barely say those words, <laughs> much less understand the concepts. But I spent time with them and just my experience in Ukraine, knowing how to use very, very simple language, and, and they started to understand. And, and at, the end of the, at the end of the time, they will probably get a ho- an A on that homework assignment. And they know that my name is Judy, and they, they know I care about them. And I walked away from that time, just like Hannah, that Mike was talking about, just praising God, seeing for the first time, oh, my goodness, Lord, this is what you have brought us to Louisville for. And I got a glimpse of our ministry and the harvest that is there right in front of us. And, and like Hannah, my heart was just praising God. And, and like Joshua, I'm just clinging to the promise because I've gone through such a lonely time of adjustment. And um, I, I just keep telling myself, Isaiah 41.10, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And um, just clinging to those promises like Joshua. And then, like what Mike shared with Daniel, purposing in my heart to just be faithful. Walk through the open doors. Stay on the path that God opens before us. And... um, and, and I, was, I went away from that time with those three boys just uh, quoting Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. It made no sense when God put an end to, one, to our 12 years with our, our mission to, to turn us into a new ministry. But it's starting to make sense now. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. And uh, actually, Renee, I, I was so impacted. We were just sharing this with, with her little girls in Sunday school this morning. Hebrews 11.1. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for 
and certain of what we do not see. And oftentimes at the beginning, it's too early to see. And so faith is being certain of what we hope for and and sure of what we do not see. So I just thank you for the opportunity to share with you right now at the beginning of of our ministry. And um, I just ask that you could remember to pray for us, that God will give us friends, that God will establish us in our new home, that God will build our ministry, open doors before us. Mike is going to be involved in training leaders, um, the, the volunteers of Youth for Christ and all the different ministries. And so I just want to encourage you all to just to stay faithful, stay on the path, and, and just to keep planting those seeds. So thank you much. blessing. Um, if you'll uh, stand up and receive the blessing. May the God that carries you through transitions, may the God who um, carries you through your life and has plotted every step before you take you from this place and turn your life into a great harvest. Um, may you touch the lives of those you encounter here and everywhere around the world. Um, amen.